The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Rydercat. You can find me at Rydercat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. With Columbia down the way. And the, yeah, the sound effect you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore seven and Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the borough of Kings back and feeling much better than I was last week. Representing BK to the fullest. Yes. Um, and this is here is the the Cumber Chronicles of said, and you can find us on the Coastal the Podcast Network, the CSPN.us. Do it today. Uh, you can also find us on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to hit like and subscribe, and to give us all the five star reviews. Yeah. You can also find this recording every Thursday night, 9.30-ish Eastern Standard Time uh, on the PM on the, the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's YouTube.com slash The Click Nation and Twitch.tv slash Comic Book Chronicles. Again, hit like, subscribe, and the notification button so that you know when we are recording and give us all great reviews. <laughs> So, folks, we are going to start off with a little spoiler-free recap of The Bad Bat Season 2, Episode 4, episode titled Faster. Right. Like, literally, you know, it's faster, not quite furious. I don't know. Got a little furious in there in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just a little. Just a little, just a little. I mean, at the end of the day, and I joked with uh, Roddy Cat just before we started the show, that uh, Tech... Uh, may as well have a full name of Tech Toretto and or Tech O'Connor. <laughs> Wait, hold yeah. on. Hold on. There we go. Go ahead. Go. Also, family. Even though none of that was, no one said that this one in, in this episode. That's right. Yeah, might as well say, uh, have put together. So, yeah. So, uh, as, as we pretty much said, this was a fairly breezy episode but we do get a little bit more um character development on uh tech's character um that um that's a, that is uh involving let's just say a newer version of pod racing uh that has spurned up after uh after the prequel ever era 
<laughs> the the I guess the the Empire transition era, I guess as this might be, may or may not be called. Um, right. As uh, parts of the um, as parts of the Bad Batch find themselves helping out once again, uh, Carla from Cheers in one of her yeah. endeavors. Um, that has to do with uh, the racing scene, and it was fun. It was it was it was good, but there's also you know there's a little bit of something at the end of it that is probably I'm sure going to get uh, addressed in the coming episodes. If if not this, uh, if not by the end of this season, then probably in the next um, episode or two, I suppose. We don't know, right? So um, definitely shout out to Rhea Perlman. Shout out to Ernie Hudson who played the um uh the um I guess the antagonist of sorts. Right. I didn't realize that, but I did recognize his voice. Right. I was like, I know that voice. I can't quite place it, but I know it. Right. Same here. So I was like, let me go ahead and just look this up before the credits roll. So I did. Right. Like, I literally just watched it, so I didn't have a chance to look at it. So yeah. Right. So good job. So thanks for letting me know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely was. You know, Ernie Hudson's uh, you know. No stranger to voice work. Well, I guess he is. Well, I shouldn't say that. He has done some voice work. I don't know. He's not as. He hasn't done a whole, whole lot, but he has done some. I guess more right. recently now, too, especially with that last uh, Ghostbusters game that came out. But um, nevertheless, that and there was a droid that was also part of the uh, episode uh, uh, in, a, in a certain capacity that I thought was uh, Nathan Fillion. Turns out not to be. But again, the. the, the this is not the first time I've made that mistake with the person that it actually was. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's, uh, interesting because of the way that he played the character. So, right. but other than that, like I said, we're not going, we're not going to spoil anything for anybody because the, the show just came out uh, the day before our, this recording. So I will say it was fun if not, you know, but it was breezy, you know, and, uh, you know, pulling out some things that's going to probably come out later definitely for sure so yeah pretty much so once you pretty get a much chance like to we watch really it. skirted around the edges of the show but we really mm-hmm. told most of the high points yeah yeah and that's all you need like I said, if, it, if any of that interests you and you're not already watching it then hey go for it uh and with that unless you're agent seven you got something else you want to no no we can move along to our comics of the week all righty then Alrighty, so our first book of the week is Invincible Iron Man number two. It's written wait, by I Jerry. Thought... Okay. Wait, what did we start with? I thought we said strange, but okay. Oh, I'm sorry, because we only have two books and I picked the <laughs> wrong one. That's fine. We would have done one or the other, so. Right. Strange number 10 is written by Jed McKay with pencils by Marcelo Ferreira inks by Roberto Poggi, colors by Hava Tartaglia, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. This issue is, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on your point of view, the last issue of this volume titled Strange. With that being said, certain storylines are brought to fruition and conclusion here chief among them the ultimate fate of Doctor Strange Stephen Strange that is 
as the result of the events of the last limited series and this, you know, maxi series, 10 issue series. So we do have some resolution as far as that goes. And I will hand it off to Roddy Cat uh, to uh, continue. Yeah, I mean, you, you've pretty much said the, uh, the, the bulk of it. There's, um, so it, the only thing I would add is that it, I don't know if you felt this way, but this is one of those weird moments where it feels like they, they went fast to me. Like, granted, yes, they did take some a little time to get to the point where it was like, well, we found out who the Harvest Man was. We found out, you know, the, the what's going on behind that. That's all well and good. But I figured they would have at least stretched it to a, at least two more issues. To make it 12? Yeah. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not saying that that's a, that's a thing that they needed to do or anything. Um, because we know this new, um, we know there is a new Dark Strange book coming um, relatively soon. Right. Um and by the, if I'm not mistaken, the well, we have a story on that, but um, definitely the writer is, is staying on, if, if not the uh, the uh, the artist. So that's not saying that hey, you know, they couldn't continue whatever they were going to do one way or the other. But I was like, I don't know. I felt like we would have gotten like at least a couple more issues out of this, and then it was like, yep, now going to the the new series proper, like. But no, this is pretty much, hey, we, we're here, and uh, we got to there, and now they're going to use the, the um, I'm presuming they're going to use the new uh, series to kind of keep pushing from there. So now that things are pretty much back in the box, or getting back in the box, so to speak. Right. But it was a good read, regardless, you know, I'm, you know, I, I guess that was, I guess that's why I felt like it was, it was a little, it went by a little fast, because... Um, it's like yeah, okay. We 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 got to this end game to to uh, on these two characters, well, on this particular part of the journey for these two characters. Now we got to see where where they're going next. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So with that, we can push on to the next book, which is uh, the aforementioned Iron Man book. Invincible Iron Man number two is written by Jerry Duggan with art by Juan Frigeri, colors by Brian Valenza, and letters by our favorite lettering Python, VC's Joe Caramagna. This issue picks up right where we left off at the end of the first issue of this latest uh, volume of Invincible Iron Man. The title of this opening arc is, quote, the autobiography of Tony Stark. Stank, I mean Stark. <laughs> right? And and if it's not for, you know, not for nothing, and I, I've, I've never really liked that saying, but not for nothing, if there's one constant recycled storyline in the life and times of Tony, of Anthony Stark, it's the stock price of his company going through a roller coaster and that is one of the early plot points in this issue. Which is also, to me, kind of the more interesting thing about it. Because as at this point in Tony's uh, life, he has nothing to do with talking Stark Industries. Like, uh, mm-hmm. matter of fact, and they even addressed that again in this, in this issue. So, right. um, despite what happens, you know. and But it's also one of those things, like, of course... Even though, hey, the person who made this company or was a part of this country or even the person whose name for the company, you know, 
has more or less diverse the the divorce themselves from it they're still going to get uh tied to it because you know normal folk well it's well it makes good news fodder one and two normal folks are like well it's his company so therefore da 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 even though they may or may not know that hey you know this person has nothing to do with this this company anymore and that's kind of part of the thing now the the the, the uh interesting part to me about this is who and why uh who is going after tony and why uh, and right. his company specifically because like if you're just going after tony there's you know people have been doing that day in day out but to tie in his company into or his former company into this that is the curiosity which which would kind of go so far as to say that uh, well, it's clearly someone who has had ties to the company, you would think. This is speculation on my part. No, I have no idea what's coming up, even though, you know, solicitors out there for the next couple of for, for the months, but not really. I've not really missed, uh, checked those out like that. But it just kind of kind of pushing the mind. Like, okay, so who is this? If you haven't already read the solicitors and, they, and the solicitors that have actually said anything about, you know, who may be behind what's going on. So... And this book, this issue, we're not to give too much away. They at least address some past history in that uh, kind of ruling out who it may or may not be. But nevertheless, could still could be in in, in some way, shape, or form. There could be, hey, here's the unknown son or daughter, and for of this former person that with the you know. Who was building their own suit in a cave or something? I don't know. Right, so that kind of thing could be the case, but we again we don't know. This is speculation. So we have this, and on the other side of this, we have um, if if you're watching the video version, you see the cover of this, and you see Riri Williams is a part of the story for a reason. And this is also kind of uh, continuing one her story and two uh, the last volume of Iron Man, which has to do with. Uh, something she acquired during the last end of that uh, for whatever reason she's using them for. Um, and I'm sure that's going to come to a head despite the fact that the, the, the cover, <laughs> the, the cover does not, uh, it, it has nothing to do with what goes on inside of this issue. So you got something else? Well, on that, uh? Yeah. I was, I was about to say it's more of a philosophical or abstract confrontation but eventually it may very well as as you as you surmise lead to actually happen you know to like you know physical blows being uh traded right or at least repulsor rays being traded <laughs> right and and uh intelligence intellect right also yeah we'll see how that how that plays off like we were talking before the right before we started recording about what riri williams is um place in this like what place is she, is she holding in this particular arc um and we both have our theories on them you know for for whatever they are and obviously you know we we both can we both know that hey uh she has a show coming out so they're trying to give her a little bit more exposure exposure in some way shape or form so right what it would make sense to put her you know, in in our book, Iron Man book, in some way, shape, or form. I think where we differ, or or where at least I'm not sure is I'm not sure what 
they're trying to get out of the way they're using her in this um uh in in this arc and agent 70 has his own uh, opinion on it which could very well be be a the what they're doing but neither right. one of us knows right and ultimately i think both of our takes are rooted in the fact that the characterization of Riri so far in this series and even at the end of the last series is kind of coming out of left field, but also kind of playing off of the characterization that we saw in Wakanda forever in the debut of the MCU Riri. So, you know, we're kind of left a little wanting in the sense that we're not sure where this is all coming from and where they might be going with this. Right. Like even the one little tie that, that is kind of known to a part of the story doesn't make sense. Especially, I think we probably mentioned this in the last volume of Iron Man. It was like, well, yeah, this, okay. I get that. But from going from mm-hmm. here, going to zero to 60, just like that doesn't make any right. sense when it's not showing up anywhere else. To, to, well, the the only other tie showed showed up still wasn't even close to getting from here to there, right? So, but we'll see. You know, we're still it's still it's safe to say we're still uh, invested enough in this to see where this is going for at least for this arc. I think sure, it's, it's safely say. So, but uh, yeah. I'll- So believe it or not, folks, we're going right into Rapid Fire because those are the only two books Roddy Cat and I have in common this week. Yep. So here we go. I ain't got time to breathe. We are going through our Rapid Fire comic book reviews, starting off with – I'll start off because I have fewer books this week. One of the Mm – well, it's one of those times, folks. It's one of those times. Nightwing number 100, a nice little milestone for this run of Nightwing. It's written by Tom Taylor with art by Bruno Redondo. Those are the main creators. There are several guest artists that provide either guest pages and or pinups throughout this anniversary issue, including Scott McDaniel, Rick Leonardi, Eddie Barrows, Javier Fernandez, and uh, Michael or Mikhail Jenin. It's notable that all of these car- all of these artists have had uh, runs either on uh, Nightwing, you know, obviously some of them are associated with Nightwing, like Scott McDaniel, or um, you know, dealt with Nightwing in the pages of Batman, like uh, Mikhail Janin or Janin. So uh, it's cool that they were able to bring in some guest artists to put to contribute uh, both pages and pinups. Uh, inks on those pages are by Carl Story, Aber Ferreira, Caio Felipe, Joe Prado, and Rick Leonardi. Colors for this issue are by Adriano Lucas, and letters are by Wes Abbott. So this is, in its truest sense, a pretty solid anniversary issue, and definitely a candidate for Click of the Week for me. I have been very supportive of this current run of Nightwing, and I really like that uh, Tom Taylor is, is is pushing not just Nightwing, but also Bloodhaven into a different direction, right? It's not just a darker, grimmer clone of Gotham City, but it's a different, it's a city that, that, that with a heart that beats differently than Gotham, right? With a mind and a soul that just is different than Gotham. And ultimately... It comes through here, 
you know, in how uh, several characters, several background characters, several supporting characters interact with each other and with Nightwing. Again, it is an anniversary issue, so it's a pretty fun to see some of uh, Dick Grayson's uh, adopted family, and that's a minor spoiler, and found family coming together to really give him that uh, that 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 element that you know we've always that, that we've always known was surrounding Dick Grayson, especially before he became Nightwing and even after he became Nightwing. So it, it's pretty, it's a pretty, uh, uh, well-written issue. Uh, I'm a big Titans guy. So, you know, I, I always have a lot of fun when the OG Titans, well, the technically not the OG Titans, the OG new teen Titans show up. And, uh, there's a, a nice little development, uh, involving these characters, those specific characters in this issue. So, um, I definitely would recommend, even if you have not yet really read any of Tom Taylor's run on Nightwing, because it is on the longer side. He's been on this book for a while now, and there are a couple, there are several plot points in this that you may not get if you are only maybe a a very recent Nightwing reader. But it's still it, it will still, you know, uh, come together as a well-crafted, well-told story. So I would recommend reading this. And it is definitely a candidate for Click of the Week for me. Next up is Avengers Forever, number 13. It's written by Jason Aaron with art by Aaron Cooter, inks by Mark Farmer, colors by Frank Martin, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. This is the latest chapter in uh avengers assemble the final blowout story uh by jason aaron on his avengers run the important thing to know in this issue and it's it's who i thought it was we find out who avenger prime is hmm okay it was who i thought it was i'm hmm. not gonna spoil it because it doesn't seem like roddy cat read it no i matter of fact i'm still a couple of issues out but got it but it is who i thought it was yeah, I have my suspicions, but right, right. I'm not going to confirm, nor I am neither going to <laughs> confirm nor deny. You know th- th- that's the uh, that's the lawyer jumping in, right? I mm-hmm. will neither confirm nor deny who Avenger <clears throat> Prime is to spare Roddy Cat the spoiler. Next up is Dark Web X Men number three of three. It's written by Jerry Duggan with art by Rod Reese or Rod Rice and Phil Noto. Their art styles obviously complement each other. And letters for this issue are by VC's Corey Petit. This is also a very strong book. This is what Dark Web should be about. Right? We don't need Chasm. We don't need Ben, stupid Ben Riley, and 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 his 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 uh, his girlfriend and whatever has happened to them. You know, Dark Web. You know, it's 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 an inferno story, right? And at its core. Inferno is about what happened to Madeline Pryor. And that's what gets hashed out in this issue. And I'm not spoiling any of it because I know Roddy Cat is going to read this as well. So, speaking in the broadest strokes possible, that's essentially what happens in this issue. So, ultimately, this was very well written. 
it's a strong candidate for click of the week for me and for our, one of our other panelists in absentia by the way next up is immortal x-men number 10 it's written by kieran gillen with art by lucas vernick uh colors by david curiel and letters by vcs clayton cowles this too is a very strong candidate for click of the week for me because uh it really serves as a great lead in into uh sins of sinister that's the storyline right yes so i apologize folks we read so many comics a week i needed basically a version of cliff notes i needed an article written in comicbook.com to help me sort out what i have actually been reading over the last several months in the pages of immortal x-men obviously with judgment day things get thrown out of whack but the story that kieran gillen's been telling in immortal x-men that centered on uh mr sinister always seemed to me a little convoluted but i needed an article to really boil things down into bite-sized chunks so that i could comprehend what actually i had already read and it made sense looking back on it now what i had been reading so i appreciated the 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 cliff notes version to basically refresh my understand refresh my memory and increase my understanding of what i had actually read so ultimately uh all that taken into account uh, helps to inform my reading or or, or or what happens in Immortal X-Men number 10. So it is a very good lead-in into uh, Sins of Sinister. So it is a very strong read. Last question, but not least... Uh, before, me, sorry, question, question. Um, who wrote that? Did, 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 well, I guess, did Tim write that article that you're referring to? No. Okay, never mind. We're not, we're not, we're not playing favorites, but we're also not, you know. We always play favorites. We're not lying. Well, I mean, we don't, we're not playing favorites as, I'm saying we're not playing favorites as in we're not just singling out the fact that just because we know him, we're we're putting his stuff in. We're putting his stuff in because, one, it's good, the fact that we know him, side note, but, you know. Right. um, But I was just curious. Right. But I was just kind of curious. But that, that, that particular, um, that will be in the show notes, um, uh, after the fact. After the fact. Right. right. Anyway. Because I am trying to spare Roddy Cat as always spoilers because he was trying to read this and it is not one of those yeah. flip through books. It most definitely not. But shout out it, to it um Yeah, but shout out to this uh if you're watching the video version, there is a very inspired uh variant cover uh that is you might say Star Wars inspired, which makes sense because right. you know, Star Wars once and is now uh, a a a Marvel property license wise so good good stuff anyway continue gotcha last but not least for me is punisher number nine it's written by jason aaron with pencils by jesus saiz and inks by paul azacheta colors by matt hollingsworth and letters by vc's Corey petite so in this issue we see the culmination of what the hand wanted to do to frank castle and as as loathe as i am to say it as loath as I am to say it, as much of a hater I am of making Frank Castle anything but a soldier that's really good at killing people, 
I kind of appreciated the story. Isn't that funny? I do not like Supernatural Frank. I don't like Frankenstein Frank. I don't like Angel of Death Frank. Not Cosmic right? uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider Frank? Not Cosmic Ghost Rider Frank. <laughs> Sorry. None of that stuff jives with me. Mm-hmm. Right? Give me Frank Castle, you know, in the jungle fighting Wolverine. I'm okay with that. You know, shout out to Punch of War Journal written by Carl Potts with art by Jim Lee. Give me Frank Castle taking on various forms of uh, the Italian mob, a.k.a. the Magia, because they're not supposed to say Mafia. Give me Frank against all the drug dealers. That's fine, too. This uh, fighting Ares, the Greek god of war, I don't know. But ultimately, I still enjoyed reading it. Isn't that terrible? It's (laughs) funny and terrible at the same time. That's actually an enjoyable read. Right. right. That's actually good because if you think about it, I don't want to say Punisher is a one note character, but let's face it, outside of the things you just described him doing, there's really, and especially in this era of the Marvel Universe, there's really not much for him to be or do outside of that. So, right. you know. Right. Get, so ultimately, right. Ultimately, you know, putting the supernatural powers in and or around Frank Castle makes for a tough read generally for me, but I generally enjoyed reading this. I don't know what it's been. You know, I have been kind of, you know, gr- uh, gritting my teeth of reading Beast and Punisher stuff. Obviously, you know, he's on a collision course with Daredevil and we see sort of what happens as the result of his, uh, you know, we, we, we're not really sure of the timing here. Uh, because of how he's related to how this story is related to what's happening in Daredevil in terms of like what's coming first and what's happening before what. So uh, or what's affecting what uh, rather. So perhaps you will find out that this is happening, you know, in the distant past. We don't know. But ultimately, it was still a fun read. And that's that for me. And that's, you know, that those are the books I read this week. All right. Cool. Well, then for myself, uh, we will go into the DC corner of the universe. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Starting with... Oh, shoot. I should have read that this week. I'm upset with myself, but... Um, Okay. Sorry. The new champion of Shazam, four, number four of four. Sorry, I had to find the cover. It was eluding me for a second. Um, it was written by Josie Campbell, art by uh, Evan Doc Shaner, letters by Becca Carey. So, yes, this is the last issue of this miniseries uh, revolving around Miss one Miss Mary Marvel, a.k.a. the new Shazam. Um and uh, um, the things she has been dealing with are not outside the realm of things that women in general deal with on a daily basis, much less a not necessarily newly minted because I mean Mary, you know Mary's been around for a minute, but not in the you know as the main Shazam I would say because Billy is not around. Um, but she's been one fighting, not necessarily fighting against that, but she's been kind of dealing with that in the course of this uh, uh, of this um, miniseries and an unknown uh, uh, an unknown adversary 
who has been taking people, in, uh, including her parents. So all of that kind of comes to a head, and we find out who that person is, and that person has, um, let's just say, some familiarity to the uh, to the Shazam family. Mm. Um, and uh, I guess this is this is dropping a, a way too big a hint, but also if you've seen the first movie someone that was it's uh it's related to someone that was involved there uh so that's all i will say about that uh but it ends uh the but you know that gets taken care of but it uh at the end of the issue goes into um tying mary into that uh lazarus planet uh event that is that that is uh coming up on dc um, which uh, which I assume has something to do with Billy, given what was uh, which was uh, what happens at the end of this issue. So, and I think that's the big line wide um, event. I am not entirely sure. I know I've been seeing things about it uh, in the last like month or so, uh, but I'm not sure because I don't really keep up with DC like that. But nevertheless, um, like I said, this book ends going to Lazarus Planet and. We'll see what happens to Mary uh, uh, in that. If uh, if either one of us ends up reading that, I should say. Um, but the next up for myself is Black Adam number seven of twelve. I uh, think uh, written by script by Christopher Priest, art by Jose Luis and Jonas uh, Trindad, and colors by Art Herm. Excuse me, colors by Matt Herm, not Art. Uh, and letters by Willie Schubert. So this issue, speaking of events, uh, takes place during Dark Crisis on an Infinite Earths, apparently, somehow, some way. Um, mm-hmm. We see the only glimpses of uh, Adam we actually get in this book is one a little bit at the beginning, uh, and uh, which I guess is the the Dark Crisis stuff. And um, a couple of virtual reality uh, instances of uh, Adam that uh, that the character of Malik ends up running into, which the whole VR thing has been has come up in earlier issues. But so that's not a new thing. But uh, but uh, apparently Malik has uh, figured out um, or has started to figure out. Uh, some things that has been going on with Adam and him uh, as a, as far as some uh, sickness, parasite, plague thing that has been kind of um, upon both of them. And uh, he is going to look for an item that he was given from Adam um, and kind of runs into some other issues in the process uh, of that, including one Flash villain, uh, weirdly enough. Uh, who comes into play in part of this. We also find out that Malik gets his new superhero name and new super suit during the course of this. Where um, is my super suit? Exactly. Which it was like two seconds for him. Say, well, given the, the way uh, the, the Shazam family gets their powers, that's not going to ever happen. But nevertheless, <laughs> you could almost hear him saying something like that. Um, right. But... Uh, without giving away the name of his new uh, his, uh, his his new superhero name, let's just say that in this book, nicely kind of references the movie 
that um that uh may or may not have been inspiration for the um for the character's name in a way which i found funny because when i when i first saw the name it was like like the runner or the movie which i guess that gives you a big uh, hint of his name now i don't know if i like it or not but it is what it is um but yeah, at the end of this, we find uh, Malik in a in a predicament, and uh, again, a certain Flash villain uh, is involved or along for the ride. I, I you know, outside of that, where is it going to go? Who knows? Batman, Superman, uh, world's oh, that's a typo. <clears throat> world's finest number eleven. Pardon me as I um, get the the thing up. Dunk, dunk, dunk. And it is written by Mark Wade, art with art by Dan Mora, colors by Tamara Bonvillain, and letters by Steve Wands. So we're still, well, I guess we're at the outset uh, of this whole, hey, Superman had a, a sidekick once upon a time uh, business uh, because this issue is pretty much putting that character somewhere to where they will probably come up as uh, another character later on. And I think we've seen glimpses of that, uh, the character that they will become in earlier issues and a couple of, uh, yeah, in an early issue of two. So this is pretty much ending seeming seemingly ends this uh, chapter of that whole thing. Um, by doing that, the key is still involved. The Joker kind of popped in, popped out for a second for a reason, um uh that um that caused the the the, uh, the dynamic duo not and well i guess the dynamic duo plus superman i guess to uh try to take care of what you know what the the uh the outcome of what happened happened without giving too much away which is being way too vague but i recognize that but that's fine so um but yeah that's um it's it's interesting because I suspect this character is going to come back up again since we had a, I guess, future sighting, like I said, a couple of issues back. But also, they just basically were like, okay, well, this happened, and now we're going to go into another um, uh, another thing uh, outside of this. Or at least according to what the last page looks like it's going to be. If it's tied into this, I'm not sure, but it doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, Avengers 2, Wonder Man and the Beast number one. Uh, Bink. Marvel Tales, excuse me, I believe it is also uh, called. So it might be Marvel's Tales, uh, Avengers 2, Wonder Man and the Beast, but I've seen it a couple of different ways. Um, it's written by Roger Stern, longtime Marvelite, uh, with pencils by Mark Bagley, also longtime Marvel um, artist. Uh, inks by Greg Adams, color artist Tim S- Tom Smith, letters by Cherfont, uh, surprisingly enough, with Sue Crespi and Paul Tutrone. Not VC, <laughs> surprisingly enough. So, um, let's see. Is, those of a certain vintage may remember an era of, <clears throat> of the Avengers where Wonder Man and the Beast um, were on the team. Uh, 
so and had a and uh, started a friendship back then. Um, what I did not remember was that Wonder Man had his own book in the nineties. Because uh, he's had he's had a miniseries. In fact, I just think he's had two. He had one as as when I was doing my research, uh, had one in the two thousands uh, that I don't remember reading ever. But I definitely don't remember. I remember Wonder Man having uh, his own ongoing book. Um, but I don't remember reading it because one, it was in the nineties and I wasn't really reading too much by then because the only reading I was doing was books, textbooks mostly. But I say all that to say that this particular book, which is a, looks like to be a one shot, um, is taking place somewhere in the midst of that, um, series, which is not on Marvel Unlimited, by the way, which I hope they get on that. I get well. Let, let me phrase that. There are like three issues that are on there, but those are tied to Galactic Storm, which was a, a, an Avengers event. But the rest of the series is not on Marvel Unlimited. And this particular book, uh, pretty much footnotes to a couple of different issues in that series, which again, not on Marvel Unlimited. Uh, but we get some history on Wonder Man and the Beast, and it is a story that again has no, you know hasn't been told before, but it's set in that era. It's one of those. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and it's actually, so it's a seven ninety nine book and it's, it's, it's actually three issues in this one issue. Uh, so it's not like, um, you know, a miniseries or anything like this seems like a one and done that has like three typical issues with them teaming up together and kind of, going through their history in, in, in limited ways. In fact, something from the Wonder Man book that I guess they've shared in common, uh, from that, which is again, weird to me. Cause like, like, I don't remember much of that book to be even, to even say, Hey, okay, this is, yeah, that's the thing I remember. It's also a footnote to an X-Men, the hidden years, which I don't remember if that's a thing that's coming or a thing that's already been out. I don't know if agents ever knows anything about that one book that was kind of footnoted. Which book? Uh, it's called X Men: The Hidden Years. Yes, I remember that, but I never looked at it. Okay. That was, um, I believe, that was, you know, uh, uh, <clears throat> forgive me for, for for misremembering this, folks. I want to say this is like an original five book. That sounds, given what I'm thinking, where it got footnoted, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, so yeah, like I said, you, if you want some history on Hank, one Hank McCoy and one Simon Williams, you got a little bit of it here going into it with this book that's set at a particular place in the nineties <laughs> with his, um, with his, um, solo series. And I guess in between the, or around the Avengers book, uh, around that time, cause there were some footnotes to Avengers volume three, uh, and a couple of things that happened there also. So it was good. It's good stuff. But like I said, I don't I don't necessarily have the context of where this is set, but I always love the, the friendship between uh, Wonder Man and, and the Beast. So this was a good, uh, a cool read for me. Also, it just reminded me of like, oh, right. Simon has always been this brooding. Well, at various times, this brooding of like, I don't I don't think I'm worthy of this and that. And this was a whole lot of that in this issue that was like, oh, Okay, I get it. <laughs> but you know what? If you're a fan of Wonder Man, because he does uh, may possibly having be having a show coming up at some point soon, 
Um, right. Then you may want to check this out. That's all I'll say about that. The Wasp. Well, excuse me, it's just Wasp, not The Wasp, but Wasp number one of four, uh, written by, I, I dare say, a favorite of ours, um, one Al Ewing with art by Acacia Nee or Nye. I'm not sure how that, that, which way that's pronounced, but apologies. I was about to say, is it a knight? What? No, it's N I E. Oh, okay, so it's definitely a knight. It's not a knight. Right. <laughs> and the color artist, KJ Diaz. And I think that's it. I'm not sure. Maybe I might be missing a couple of people, but I, I think that's it. Um, regardless, though, this is actually not similar to the um, that last Al Ewing Ant-Man um, miniseries. Or at least it doesn't present itself that way so far. But that was basically like, hey, here's a team up of a whole lot of um, different Ant-Mans during, through the ages and a future Ant-Man to, to boot. This one um, actually only has to deal with two. And that's the original Janet Van Dyne um, Wasp. And, of course, Nadia Van Dyne uh, is, is along here uh, in this particular issue. You know, I don't know if she's going to play a part in the whole thing. But um, but we get a little bit of Janet uh, history, and apparently there is a part of uh, Nadia's history that she's that um, is the crux of this story. Let's just say, or at least potentially to this uh, this miniseries that they're going to be dealing with. Because as folks may or may not know, Janet Van Dyne um, adopted Nadia Van Pym. Oh, excuse me, Nadia Pym. Um, not too long ago in the comics, so you know, and they're both wasps. Um, right. I a, did not know that to be honest. Where oh, did that happen? That happened at near the end of Nadia's uh, suit because I know I think I was the only one that was reading it, uh, and this was during the course of this show. Uh, but Nadia had a volume, um, called I think it was Unstoppable Wasp, and near the end of that, I believe that is when. Uh, that happened. Janet, okay. yeah, Janet uh, adopted her. Matter of fact, I can say at the end of that, that's when that happened. So, gotcha. Was that before Hank became like the latest Ultron? No. In fact, that was after, and she so, did not know about it at the time. Got it. So it's not that long ago, right? So okay. yeah, um, yeah. Um, Hanktron ha- was a thing. Um, she not well. Not even now knows what I think. What happened to? To, to Hank because at some point I guess that, that they told her or something or that probably came out somewhere but yeah mm-hmm. that whole thing was he was running around but she didn't know about it got it but I think Janet did know about it so you know but didn't say anything um, so yeah a a figure that I think we've talked about now that I think about it fairly recently in relation to the Wasp and their status uh, in the Marvel Universe has come up again in, during the course of this issue, and that being one David Cannon, the whirlwind, because this character has always played the Ant-Man and, Ant-Man and the Wasp for various reasons. Right. right, right. And Janet has rocked his ass on a few different occasions uh, and pretty much brings that out here. But... Um, that kind of comes into play for a reason uh, that will probably bear out um, during the course of the miniseries also, but also whatever's uh, Janet and Nadia is going to get into in relation to their not necessarily shared history, but shared 
feelings about things that happened in their histories, let's just say. Um, and on the other side of that, Janet opened up a superhero bar at the beginning. And we saw the, uh, the reappearance of Jarvis, who was also in that uh, Nadia, Van, Nadia Pym book um, as a kind of a guardian. So, you know, because he still has ties with um, Janet. So sure. that was a, yeah, so that was a, um, a cool thing. Uh, there was also a, 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 an Immortal Hulk reference, which I wasn't expecting to see in this book because, you know, Al, Al Ewing wrote this. So I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of this because I do like, I, um, you know, the, the Wasp is one of my favorite characters, especially Avengers related. So I am curious to see where this book is going to go and uh, what's, uh, what's going to happen uh, therein. And for my last book, which I realized we were supposed to be doing rapid fire, but I have not been rapidly firing. Yeah. Um, Wakanda, number four of five, written by John Ridley, with art by Julian Shaw, and color artist Andrew Dahlhouse. Dahlhouse. Um, apparently, this takes place before Black Panther number 12, and this is um, an issue, or at least part of the issue, the main part of the issue uh, has to do with the character of Tosin, which is the new character, vibranium laced character that has um, th- that was introduced in John Ridley's uh, um, uh, Black Panther book as of recent. Um, this is a story uh, about, well, basically about him, and uh, I guess a one-off uh, uh, story about him getting training and. Uh, establishes a relationship with another character who I believe is being introduced here. Cause I don't recall this character being introduced in black Panther. Um, and a certain prophecy, not prophecy, a vision about him that may or may not come into anything. We're not sure because John really is about to leave black Panther, uh, and a couple of issues, but we do have the new creative team. Um, other the new, Book. We don't know if they're going to be uh, dealing with any of this, but we'll see. Um, a classic Hulk villain actually shows up as the antagonist in here, weirdly enough. Um, and um, yeah, we uh, at the end of this get some more history of uh, the Black Panthers uh, in a in a secondary story. So if you are interested in that. Uh, you should check this book out as it uh, fleshes out some more of that history. And that, folks, is it for me. Clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. So we did get one. Apparently, you're saying we must have two, but I closed uh, our chat, so I will. I will. One. I will fill you in if you give me just a moment. But I do have, did get one of them from Dirt, which was uh, Old Dog number three. He said, well, technically he said it was the only book he read in this week, but it was good. So, gotcha. there is that. And actually, I do have the, cop- uh, the, the cover for that as I pull that up here. Who published that? Um... If you don't know, if you don't know off the cover, I'll look on. uh, Well, I'm. I think it's image looks like. Hang on, I got the cover right here, so I can look real quick. Um, but I'm also looking at. (laughs) No, I see it. I see it. It's image. It is image. Okay, yeah. The the, it's definitely icon was there. So this is a Declan Shalvey book, right? Yes. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Good for you. 
which I'm slightly curious about given time before time, but uh, which I need to go back and uh, catch up on. But all right, see. It's good, good for him that this is, uh, you know, he he's out doing his own thing, you know, yeah. writing and doing art. That's right. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And you said you had uh, Tim's. Yes, Tim's. Our very own at Tim Dog ninety eight. His click of the week is Dark Web X Men number three. Interesting. Okay, it's a strong candidate. It's one of mine. So that's why I, I mentioned it the way I did, that uh, one of our co-hosts in Absentia uh, thought it was a pretty strong click of the week candidate as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, do you have yours? Because I, I have a few really strong candidates this week that I had a lot of fun reading. I'm slightly torn between um, this is kind of one of those weeks was like, OK, this is good stuff, but nothing like really outstanding. Oh, um, see, that's the thing. Like, you read, you missed out on some of the things that I really enjoyed, like Dark right. Web X-Men number 3 and Immortal. Right. X-Men yeah, I didn't get a chance 10. to read those yet. Right. And and you have not been keeping up with Nightwing number 100. So those are my three candidates. And I am very much torn right now, folks. Gotcha. So Strange number 10 is a, is a candidate because that was actually... Oh, that's a, yeah, I was about to say, that's, yeah. a, that's a close second for me. Oh, Strange number oh. 10 was... Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was no. I was just going to mention, uh, um, and you'll get. You can now get this reference. But uh, there was a fusion ha in the book. So that that was right. one of the reasons why that that was uh, that issue was so good. I wish I had the no, sound effect for that, so you would that, so no one would fusion ha. So. I'm sorry. It's one for of the most ridiculous that. Dragon Ball uh, uh, concepts out there, folks. <laughs> Dragon Ball um, is ridiculous, but it's for we love it. So some <laughs> folks love it. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, Strange Number Tim's one. Uh, Wasp yeah. Number One is one. Uh, Avengers Two. I uh, Wonder Man and the Beast is kind of one. Uh, but the, for if anything, it made me want to go back and well, unfortunately, there is no way to check out the no legal way to check out the old Wonder Man series because again, Marvel Unlimited does not have it. So until they get off, uh, they get off their horses, uh, get or get on their horses, and or that Wonder Man um, uh, TV show comes out that they've been speculating on, then yeah. I, that that stuff's probably not going to be on there anytime soon. Uh, and Black Adam number seven that was actually pretty pretty interesting. But that's that's uh, that whole thing has been kind of amusing for one reason or another. So, um, so you're still thinking? I'm I've thinking. I'm actually going to. I'm I'm actually thinking I'm going to go with Strange number ten. Actually, given all okay. that, if nothing else for the fusion. Then, <laughs> honestly, you know, I was really leaning towards Nightwing number one hundred when I first read it. Okay, but I did not read Dark Web X Men number three until today, mm-hmm. and I think I am going to second. And I really liked Immortal X Men number ten, but I think I'm going to second at Tim Dog ninety eight and go with Dark Web X Men number three of three this week. Okay, 
I suspect that if I had um, read either one of those books, they would probably definitely be up there for mm-hmm. me. I, I suspect, especially with the way Immortal coming and coming off of that last one. So right. I, I would not be so surprised even going into an, yet another event. <laughs> um, all right, folks. So that is that. Uh, you see um, Agent 70 and uh, Tim's click right there on the video version if you are watching it. So we are going to go into the news section, but first, an ad read. Our first ad read of the night, folks, is for Wink, your personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Toronto, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers up four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member and you can skip or cancel any time. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order to place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you. Go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash W I N C wink wines through CSPN. Do it today. And now we get into the news. And we start off with cinematic news as we do about this time with um, the CW's Riverdale announces final season premiere date. Um, And apparently that date is uh, 9 p.m. Wednesday, March 29th, which apparently was confirmed uh, uh, that season seven would be the last of Riverdale, which is a sentence it still boggles me because I never thought there would be a, a one live action Archie <laughs> centered um, at all at, at all show at all. Exactly. And to be as well, so as some people call it kind of crazy, um, but I have not seen more than uh, an episode, but the fact that we got in this point and this is amazing. <laughs> uh, next up though, this is great news. Netflix's The Sandman is going to begin shooting in summer 2023. So this upcoming summer, Netflix will be shooting the next edition of The Sandman adaptation. That's pretty cool. Indeed. Uh, next up, though, Bugs Bunny Builders celebrates the year of the rabbit, as it should, according to this article. So, apparently, Cartoon Nitos has uh, a show called Bugs Bunny Builders. Um, and this is, um, I guess, on HBO Max. Oh, it's a clip that was released on HBO Max for a for the special short in honor of the holiday, that being the Lunar New Year. Um, 
It says it features a traditional lion dance uh, as it sees uh, the Lunar Tombs banding together to make the best Lunar New Year bash they could uh, to celebrate uh, Bugs and Lola Bunny. And apparently it is um, already out on HBO Max on Cartoonito, whatever Cartoonito is. And there's another part of the story. Huh? I said, okay. Yeah, I'm like, oh. And the other part of the story has to do with this next article. All right. So the next article is that the next bit of news that is, is that uh, Tiny Toons Luniversity has been announced to have a 2023 release. So this is a news, a special new series that brings back the classic characters from Tiny Toons Adventures, which first made its debut. Oh, God. In 1990. I'm too old for this shit. So it's going to be coming out later this year on Cartoon Network and HBO Max. Yep, yep. Um, I can't remember the tiny. Every time I think about the Tiny Toons Adventures theme song, I think about the Animaniacs, and that's not proper. <laughs> I mean, you know. Uh, and we're tiny, there. we're toony, we're all a there little loony. Yeah, there you go. I know Agent Seven got me. Or maybe this was an elaborate trick for me to get him to sing it. I don't know. One will never know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Marvel hires uh, uh, unknown directors to better control them, VX artist claims. So, yeah, there's an article that's uh, from Vulture, apparently, with um, a, a VFX artist that Marvel used. Actually, he's a veteran VFX artist. Um that said that uh, Marvel Studios targets independent filmmakers because it's easier to control the projects, which I guess that kind of makes sense. Uh, quotes, and they say, okay, we can guide this person to do what we want. Uh, this is from Mark Patch, who is a, like I said, um, VFX uh, artist who apparently has been around for a while, says he's worked on films like Tenet, uh, 2016's Ghostbusters, and Stars' uh, American Gods. So, I'm trying to remember what reason why this came... Well, I know the reason why this came out, because I know there was another story that came out about um, Marvel's use of uh, effects art uh, houses and the the conditions that uh, they unfortunately go through in the process. Yeah. Yeah. So... um, there was there was a lot of that kind of going on around it in the the recent weeks. So that's that's where this came from. But uh, yeah, that yeah, that does kind of suck. You, you kind of hate to see it, and you kind of hate, you more specifically hate that it happens because you know. It, but it also makes sense given that well, I think people were talking about you know the 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 effects on She Hulk and other projects as being rushed or whatever the case may be. Uh, and I think that's matter of fact. I think that's pretty much when this stuff started really coming out. Like after She Hulk came out, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I don't know. It, it's kind of sad as the kind of stuff happens. But uh, I'm sure there will be more uh, stories about this uh, coming out soon. Next up, Tanai Guerrero made a vague gesture at an Okoye Black Panther spinoff series. So, despite Marvel Studios' notorious spoiler phobia, the actor was allowed to, quote, gently allude to its existence, unquote. Ah, so she was on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert when the talk show 
host asked her about the potential project, assuming Guerrero would not be able to say a thing. But instead, apparently the snipers had been told to stand down because she said this. I have been told that I can gently allude to this possibility, so I am gently alluding. Okay. Yeah. I was the, the funny thing you mentioned the snipers because I was uh, actually my wife was watching that particular episode uh, uh, when the 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 day it came out and I exactly did that thing I was like <laughs> 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 when she started when she started saying it was like because I was because she doesn't know anything about the Marvel snipers but I kind of told her right that's uh, that, that's one of our like kind of uh, vague references right. to uh, how Marvel enforces their anti spoiler right. uh, policy so. Um. Yeah. So the snipers were told to stand down, right? Hold it was, their it was, fire. Yeah, it was pretty cute. Uh, if you if you ever get a chance, the the um the clip is attached to the article that is in the show notes, so you can check it out there. Um, it was it was a pretty amusing, uh, bit of banter there, and actually one of the few times that I think I've ever heard her talk in her actual voice, and I'm not sure what I was expecting. <laughs> I mean, I guess you know you don't remember her as Michonne on The Walking Dead. I know, I never, I knew she was on it, but I never watched the show, right. so no, yeah. All right, all right. So you didn't hear her actually speak without speaking with like an affect. I guess correct, you. right? So, and she is Zimbabwean, so you know, which actually, well, little side note, my wife is also. So when she's when she mentioned that on on Colbert, I just kind of looked back at her like, what's, what's one, of, one of your own? There okay, you go. okay, <laughs> okay. So, but um, anyway. Uh, next up. So I guess before we, I go into this next uh, um, article, I think it goes without saying, and I talked about this last week on the show that, um, and and Agent Seventy has confirmed this much to me that uh, we will be going into <laughs> movie protocol on February the sixteenth. Yes, absolutely. Uh, tickets are already in hand. Mm-hmm. Or as, at least virtual in hand. Yeah, virtually exactly. Hand. Same here, because I, I got my tickets a couple of days ago. So, that being said, uh, when Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania comes out on the 16th slash 17th, we will have uh, seen it uh, before recording the show, which will probably be that next Friday, which will probably be that Friday, I'm going to assume at this point. That being said... Jonathan Majors explains who Kang is when he appears in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Um, so apparently he was doing an interview, <clears throat> excuse me, with uh, the cast of uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I don't know where this is. Oh, this is, I guess this is a Fandango uh, interview, which, hey, shout, shout out to them because that's where I got my ticket from. Not a sponsor, but I'm just saying. Um... There's a quote here that says, well, they come to the, they come down to the quantum realm. The quantum realm is my current domain. Majors carefully said it's where I am. Notice again, Marvel snipers. He carefully said um, right. it's, it's where I am. And as the title says, I've conquered it. So he's a man isolated, just there working it out. Uh, that's all I'm actually going to go through with this article. Cause I'm sure it goes on today, but probably nothing real spoiler before the movie comes out, but still. Because I know there are people who are not necessarily pressured about it, but basically trying to stay away from too many spoilers, big or little. Which this next article may or may not be, now that I think about it. But hey, we'll see. Right. right. So this, this article has some spoilers. So I'm going to ring the spoiler bell for Quanta, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Media. 
So spoilers possibly incoming in three, two, one. You may want to fast forward if you don't want to know anything about this. I'm actually not a fan of this because I wanted to go into this movie as cold as possible. Sorry. A new image from Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania reveals the character Jen Tora, who potentially signals major implications for the Marvel Cinematic Universe's future. The official image fully reveals actor Katie O'Brien as Jen Tora. This character had previously been blurred in the background in an, in an earlier image alongside fellow Quantum Realm rebel Quaz or Quaz, played by William Jackson Harper. In the comics, Gentora is not only an alumna of the Micronauts, but the niece of the deceased Hulk love interest, Jarella. Wow. Folks, um, you know what I'm about to play. Boy, I'm getting too old for this shit. With the former tying into a theory that uh, William Jackson Harper is playing Micronauts leader Arcturus Ran. Wow. Right. And that's the reason why I put this in here, because for folks that don't know, Micronauts is a deep cut within the Marvel uh, universe, unfortunately. Well, the, it's also the, a licensed property. It, that because also my understanding is that it's a Hasbro property. It is now, yes. I mean, it, right. it was then, but yes, definitely right. more so now. So so ultimately, you know, the movie rights to these characters <clears> are still kind of, you know, uh, you know, kind of in limbo, not, you know, to, 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 to keep it Marvel, to keep it Marvel 100. Right, yes. right. <laughs> They're kind of in limbo over there with uh, Madeline Pryor. Indeed, and also it, it, I know this is gonna this is gonna probably mess with uh, Agent Seven a little bit, but also other noted Hasbro property that once was a a, a uh, Marvel license, Rom Space Knight. Rom Space Knight. Rom the Space Knight. Uh. Yes. So. You know, in another in another timeline, we could have gotten a, a, a Marvel tie-in Rom Space Night movie if uh, if things were what they were, and probably the Micronauts would also be there because they were in pretty much in the same uh, the same universe, basically. Right. But we are in this universe, such as it is. Um, and here we go. So there was also been have been articles about William Jackson Harper's character, and some people are still kind of on that Reed Richards train. But you know, um, we'll see what happens with any of that uh, <laughs> when the movie comes out, which we still won't be able to spoil it for for another week after that. So here, there you go. Um, but some good news, uh, folks. Oh shoot! I hope you have your sound effects ready. Uh, my board is up. And I hope you have this one ready because the latest Mandalorian season three trailer is all about redemption. Redemption. That's what this article says. Right. So what sound effect are you asking for? Oh, I guess you don't have that one. The, 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 um, the, the music, uh, from the Mandalorian. Oh no, I've never had that. Oh, I know I did, but I didn't know, wasn't sure if I gave it to you, and I don't think it's Oh, I, I've never had, like, you know, we always shy away from playing, like, too long or, like, actual on-point music clips. Right. Oh. Well, but no, hey, sorry can, about that. Well, that's okay. Can you hear this? Nay. Okay, yeah, it didn't work for me last week either, so um, that's weird. But maybe there'll be a little, little piece of the Mandalorian theme uh, uh, stitched in. Uh, right here. But nevertheless, there was a trailer for The Mandalorian Season 3, uh, which is going to stream on March 1st. 
by the way. Right. It dropped during a it dropped during a Monday night football game. That is correct. Uh, it says here during the NFL wildcard game on ESPN and ABC Network. Um, I did not see it until later because I don't watch the sports ball. Uh, or at least not much um, of the sports I had ball. actually walked away, so I only caught a little bit of it. And again, <laughs> I'm like, all right, I get it. It's coming. I'm not going to watch it because I, I watched a little bit of it. But I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to spoil myself. Mm, yeah, you know what? You were probably better off because I mean, I, I I'm trying to think of anything that would be too too spoilerific. But the fact that it showed some stuff, what it did show, is like yeah, it could kind of put you in a place. Nevertheless, it was a good trailer. I, I you know, by the time it comes, maybe I will have forgotten for forgotten some of the things from the trailer. And a lot of times, stuff from the trailer doesn't even show up in the show or movie anyway. So we we have that. But nevertheless, like I said, good trailer. If you are interested, you check it out. Uh, it is the official trailer. Uh, there is a... Uh, you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to spoil it. There is a, a character uh, that shows up that um, I guess I can't be surprised shows up, but it's nobody you would think of. But it's it's one that's been tied to the series that's been tied to another series that, I have been wa- that I've been watching that Agent 70 has also watched. Um... Uh, that's good to see that may be getting a little bit more uh, airtime in this series. Possibly. Nevertheless, uh, next up. I was going to say, all I know is that they did not show Thrawn. Um, no. Alrighty, next up. Disney and Pixar movies get Disney 100 edition steel books and slipcover sets. So Disney will re-release beloved classic animated movies from uh, the Walt Disney Animation Studios and Pixar Vault. So, yeah, this is a tried and true Disney formula slash plan <laughs> to make us rebuy things we already own. But in this <laughs> sense, you know, but in this sense, yeah, you get a steel book, new editions, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is stuff you think. Tried you know, and true, folks. Tried and much. true. You know, it's the, 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 the Pixar stuff you know and love, including including and going up to Coco and Encanto, Canto, which neither one of us I've seen. None of, it. None of, the, none of the later stuff I've actually seen. So I just, you know, whatever. But they're all coming out soon or soon-ish, sometime this year, definitely. So yep. get your wallets ready because you know that you di- there's some Disney folks in your life. Or if you're one of them, we'll probably chill out <laughs> the money form regardless. And that's what they're, quote-unquote, banking on. Right. Uh, Scrooge McDuck style. Next up. Uh, Star Trek Picard's last season will introduce a new voice for Starfleet's computers. Um, so, yeah. Apparently, showrunner Terry Metalis uh, confirmed that um, it says that, that uh, Picard season three will bring us further into the early into an early 25th century timeline that, aside from discovery, slingshotting uh, far into the future, uh, none of the other contemp- contemporary Trek shows have explored yet. It, but the, we'll introduce not one but two new com- computer verses. So will not be uh, Majel Barrett um, Roddenberry, uh, which for folks of a certain vintage is kind of sad. Um, but probably understandable, which I now that I think about it, I feel like they've gone away from that voice in the last couple of seasons of Picard. So I'm trying to I'm like, wait, is it newer, 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 or just then? But, uh, either way, one of the voices will be the voice of a, of civilian systems. And another will be the defector Starfleet computer voice 
across the Federation. And again, I felt like the the, the last couple of seasons of Picard kind of went away from uh, Michelle Roddenberry's voice, but maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I was listening <clears throat> to what I wanted to hear. Don't know. Um, I don't see in this article where it says who. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, no, it just talked about other voices. So basically, there has been other people voicing Starship, uh, Starship computers in the other uh, Star Trek properties, that being Lower Decks and Prodigy, which are both animated, but still, nevertheless, still in the, in the whatever. But yeah, I'm not seeing who's, who's going to play the voice, but um, there you go. Two new Star Trek voices that are not uh, a Roddenberry. Next up. So, in... A new interview where Vanity Fair had Channing Tatum take a lie detector test. Tatum was asked directly if he asked to be killed off in the first scene of the sequel to the first G.I. Joe uh, movie, G.I. Joe Retaliation. Tatum had a one-word answer. Yes. The follow-up from the person delivering questions for his uh, lie detector test was, do you regret that choice? And that prompted another one-word reply from Tatum. He said no. Man of man of action, that um, that former Duke. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. Unfortunately, I don't care for what I'm seeing his choices, his current choices coming up to be. Because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he's like producing uh, an updated version of Ghost or something. Oh, is he? That's, I feel like I remember seeing that recently. Um, it was that or, no, it wasn't Roadhouse. I don't think it was Roadhouse. I think it was actually Ghost. I'm sitting here like, uh, maybe don't do that. You, 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 you don't got the bars for that. You ain't got the range for that, I don't think. No, no. And I'm not saying there's much of Ghost wouldn't really, I'm Anyway, no, that's, that's very much off topic. The fact here, I've, I've found this very funny. That's why I put this in here. Because I'm sure there are most people who have seen the, the G.I. Joe live action movies would say, you know, it probably should have been cut off in the first one and not have a G.I. Joe movie. But right. th- that's neither here nor there. Next up, though, <clears throat> it's Morphin Time. Uh, the original Power Rangers star reunites, excuse me, original Power Rangers stars reunite for 30th anniversary Netflix uh, special. So, um,. From what I remember seeing from the the thing that I saw, the original Blue and Black Rangers, uh, um, that's David Yost and Walt, uh, Walter Emanuel Jones, respectively, are returning to for the special. Catherine Sutherland, who was the uh, second Pink Ranger, Cat, and uh, Stephen Cardenas, Car- Karen Ashley, and Johnny Young Bosch, Bosch who was the second uh, Red Ranger, Yellow Ranger, and Black Ranger, Adam, respectively. Uh, are all coming to the special. Um, I'm just going to take this next article and, and lump them Please, in. please. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Uh, no, he's not. Um, um, I'm not. I am so not. <laughs> um, and say that Amy Jo Johnson, the original Pink Ranger, uh, has did, um, declined uh, uh, coming back for the special by saying... Um, for the record, I never said no. I just didn't say yes to what was offered. But other fun stuff is in store. 
looking forward to watching my friends kick ass. Hashtag Power Rangers 30. So, yeah. Um, from what I saw from the, the clip uh, that I saw, uh, it looks to be a fun... It, it looks to be interesting, I will say. Um, you know, uh, special. And that is going into... I know there was also another... I believe it's probably also in this... Uh, article the, if you're watching the video version you can see um a, a picture of uh, some former the former rangers looking actually pretty good i will say um you see a couple of them in costume that's billy and, and zach then you see them da, 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 there um and along with this was some other stuff like the the new season of power ranger which is called uh cosmic fury um was also i believe announced at the same time which we'll see Another former Power Ranger become the uh, the Red Ranger, which is the the uh, the Dino Fury Pink Ranger Amelia, who was uh, played by Hunter Dino, is going to be the new Red Ranger, which I believe makes the first and or second. Well, it says here the first full time female Red Ranger in franchise history. There was another female Red uh, Red Ranger at some point, I think, but I, I think they mean long term. I guess I don't know. But uh, regardless of some other Power Ranger stuff that we will talk about later um, also was announced during this. But this once um, this Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and always special premieres on April 19th on Netflix. So if you are a Power Rangers fan and or William Bruce West, you will check this out. He's a he's a Power Ranger. Man. I'm just joking. But, you know, <laughs> you will check this out and I'm sure I probably will and talk about it there. Um, and now we will get into the anime corner. Which, uh, Agent oh. 70 will take, but also funny is also tying into this last couple of articles for a reason. Right. So our first article in anime corner is trigon stampede reveals a new clip for episode two i have not watched episode one yet i need to circle back and watch that it's not bad it's not bad so yeah this is a new take on uh vash the stampede and uh uh you know these uh, characters have been given new aesthetics so ultimately that's what this new clip is about i need to circle back and watch that probably this weekend yeah, uh, I haven't watched the second episode. Um, otherwise, I probably would have taken this out. But the the there is another part of this article that is also um, I matter of fact, I think I might have talked about this last week when I mentioned the fact that I had watched uh, Trigun Stampede that had, I had hoped to be the case. And turns out it is. So I didn't know if you wanted to finish that up or no, no, no. Oh, okay. So Johnny Young Bosch. Uh, oh, actor. I wasn't going to read that part because I don't care about the English uh, uh, dub actors. <laughs> in, <laughs> in this case, I do. Like I, I know. Yeah, That's in, funny that you were just like, you're not going to read that part. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, um, uh, Agent 70, notorious uh, dub. Um, uh, a dubist. Anti, yeah, anti dub. <laughs> I am anti dub. I mean, for Watch some stuff, in I, subs, folks, listen to the OG Japanese. And, to, and I'm not saying that I there's there are certain cases that I will I will um, listen to the dub as opposed to the um, the Japanese with subtitles. But most for the 
for, and I don't feel like I have to explain myself, but you know, it is in this case, it's cool because Johnny Young Bosch, who was the original English voice actor for uh, Vash the Stampede in the original uh, Stampede, is returning to the role um, uh, in the new, uh, in this new adaptation, I guess, whenever they get uh, those done, because as of right now, I think the, the, they're still basically, you know, as they come out, they're just getting subtitled and, and pushed out, and then this double come later. It's basically simulcast. So, uh, but that's, that was good news, I thought. And and I was I was kind of good news. It's good to, because I've, I've always liked, you know, one, I like Trigun. Two, I, I didn't mind. This was one, I think, one of his first roles as a voice actor. So knowing it's like, hey, it's, it's a Power Ranger that's now doing voice acting and quite prolific at the, at the same time, you know, um, it was pretty cool. So there is that. Um, look forward to what Agent 70 thinks about the new Trigun next week. Yeah, I hope so. Because I've already, yeah, because I've pretty much already said my piece on that first episode. Um, but continuing with the anime, uh, Tenshi Muyo GXP Paradise Shido Hen uh, anime reveals OVA format cast and more. So when I first read this article, I was like, wait, are we going back to like 90 something? Cause I could have this, this uh, series was also a thing, but apparently it is another, yet another in the Tenshi Muyo uh, series that is, I guess, possibly a sequel to Tenshi Muyo GXP uh, it uh, appears which if folks don't know is probably one of the classic examples of harem anime uh, that are that is out there uh, but this is kind of a spinoff also Tenshi Muyo, Muyo universe is weird Tenshi Muyo is kind of a multiverse in itself actually that I think about it. it's kind of funny but anyway media company uh, X Noah announced that the OVA format and the main cast and more staff and key visual uh, for the new anime uh, um, has been announced the official YouTube channel for the OVA streamed an announcement on the video or for December on December 23rd, which apparently we're just hearing about this now. Um, or some folks are just hearing about this now, I should say. But, um, so yeah, that is that. And do, 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 do. says Tenshi Muyo franchise creator and character designer, um, Masaki Kajishima is credited as the supervising director of the OVA, while Hideki uh, Shirane, who is just the scriptwriter for Tenshi Muyo, uh, GPX, and others, um, is writing and supervising the script for the new project. So, cool. If you're a Tenshi Muyo fan, uh, there's another one for you. Next up. All right. So, thankfully, Roddy Cat took that <laughs> extra power ranger story so uh, so that i could get this story nhk announced this past tuesday that the attack on titan the final season uh part three anime will air in two parts the first part will air on march 3rd uh effectively march 4th at 12 25 a.m and the second part will air later in 2023 NHK has not confirmed the length of each part, but it lists the March 3rd airing as a special broadcast, which hints that each part might be an anime special instead of multiple episodes. So a special seven-part compilation uh, anime will air on NHK for three consecutive nights starting on February 25th. 
Yeah, I was pretty excited to see <laughs> this trailer. Pretty, pretty excited. Figured it might have been. Uh, let's see. Next up, um, Egret Suko season five confirms release date with trailer and poster. So, um, apparently this is the fifth and final season of the anime. And, uh, now fans know exactly when to expect it with the confirmed release date for the new episodes and a new trailer and poster as mentioned. Um, uh, this article goes on to talk about the, uh, when the fourth season wrapped up, which was a couple of years ago. And fans were left wondering about what the series could be planning next. But apparently they don't have to wait that much longer because um, because the final season is going to appear on Netflix starting February 16th. So for the folks that don't know, uh, Gretsuko is uh, an anime based on a Sanrio character, side character, not that is not Hello Kitty. <laughs> uh, it's not this, Batamaru either. Wow, <laughs> I wasn't expecting. You I, I literally, I literally saw that character like in a uh, an advertisement for something. I was like, Batamaru. Oh my god. Yeah. So this is basically a panda who is a um, an office worker, but relieves stress. And I'm paraphrasing because I've never really watched the, the show myself. Paraf- but who releases their anger by uh, singing metal karaoke, uh, karaoke wise. And I know some people who, who uh, love the show, uh, but I have not watched any of it. So there you go, fans of that. You- Congratulations. Next up. All righty. Uh, Cowboy Bebop gets a loaded box set for its 25th anniversary. Once again, folks. Boy, I'm too old for this shit. So, uh, per an announcement from Crunchyroll, the new edition of Cowboy Bebop will be released on April 4th. The set is packaged in a metallic collector's box and comes with five art cards that can be swapped out on the cover. Content includes a brand new retrospective video celebrating 25 years of the anime. So this is a limited edition, limited edition Blu-ray boxed set. Okay. I was sitting, if you're watching the video version and wonder where my head is turned, I was looking for my box set of the Cowboy Bebop uh, thing, which I'm sure it's over there somewhere, but all I can see is the movie. So we're just going to push on. I don't think I need another one. <laughs> that being said, um, but I don't know if there's, if there's enough tempting about it. Who knows what will happen? Who knows, folks? Um, and now we are going to go into the uh, Toy Corner, actually. Toy Corner? Yes. Okay. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I have... It's been a while since we actually uh, talked about, you know, like... Uh, whatchamacallit? Like... Uh, uh, toy corner like this early in a show we're usually trying to squeeze it in so i'm like where did i put that sound effect that we usually play give me one second folks one second oh where did i put this unlike where last show i'm not doing so much editing so this is this is all staying in oh what's in the box thank you there we go yeah the only other the the only other comic book news that we would have started off with pretty much talked about during the books so this is why we're starting off in Toy Corner 
uh, and there was no manga stuff, manga stuff, which is except for the article that I just found. But I was I will save that. Um, Hasbro has added another studio series figure based on the upcoming Transformers: Rise of the Beasts, and it delivers the full uh, full first reveal of the Maximal Air Razor. And if you're watching the video version, you can see said figure. Um, uh, following a glimpse in the teaser trailer, uh, Air Razor will be voiced by none other than Michelle Yeoh, which I don't know if Agent 70 caught last week's show. There was a lot of uh, H- uh, Michelle Yeoh uh, talk and or news. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. But um, but it says here that the Transformers Studio Series Deluxe Rise of the Beast Air Razor, which is a mouthful, can convert between robot and falcon modes in 23 steps. Which is always kind of funny that articles now pretty much make that known as how many steps that uh, it takes to transform a figure. I guess that's the thing people wouldn't want to know. But uh, includes two photon blaster accessories and pre-orders are live now from various places. Which from according to this um, at one particular place is twenty four ninety nine with a release date for April slash May of twenty twenty three. So there you go, folks. Next up. Oh, and also apparently, um, mm, oh, there's a couple of others. There's a RC figure. There's a Terracon freezer figure. And then there's another Bumblebee figure. That's also on pre-order. But yeah, next up. Try as I might, I cannot <laughs> avoid Power Rangers forever. Power Rangers Lightning Collection remastered figures drop alongside the 30th anniversary special footage. So uh, Hasbro and Netflix are bringing back classic Power Rangers for the once and always 30th anniversary special, as we said before. And the first footage launched together with a new wave of Lightning Collection figures. Okay. Apparently, I'm seeing on the side of this article that uh, that once and always special that I talked about earlier is going to be dedicated to... uh, Jason David Frank and Three Tran, um, whose figure you can see uh, right here, or one of whose figures you can see right here, and if you're watching the video version. Uh, but next up, speaking of Jason David Frank, uh, his Dino Thunder Black Ranger joins uh, Hasbro's Lightning Collection also. So this was revealed on Twitter, apparently through some through some um, Twitter account. I don't know I've seen, but I'm not even going to mention. Um, uh, the pre-orders looks like the is for it is also up and all with along with uh, the Tingle Warriors from I can't remember what version that was, but the second or third season, whatever. Um, and how much is this thing? Da, 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 da. I am not seeing a price, but it's probably similarly priced to those last figures that uh, I mentioned. There you go. Next up. NECA reveals new Gargoyles action figure of the Steel Clan robot. Okay. It's going to be joining its awesome line of Gargoyles figures. And uh, the figure will be released in May 2023. No word here in this article about price. Yes. Big, um, big uh, gargoyles resurgence. And we will be talking about that next week in one form. Yep. Uh, Disney Lorcana TCG announces the first chapter release date. 
and uh, it just so happens to be the day before my birthday. So sweet. Um, so if you did not know, Disney Lorcana is the new collectible trading card game that I'm pretty sure we talked about some time ago uh, from game board uh, board game publisher Ravensburger, who apparently has got their fingers on a lot of things uh, from what I've seen off their site. Uh, see, at the time of the first chapter's release, the collection will include 200 cards, three starter decks, a gift box, booster packs, and the Illumineers Trove, whatever that might be. Um, it says here that uh, each uh, starter deck will contain 60 cards and a boost- booster pack of 12 randomized ones, uh, four rares, supers, all that stuff you expect from card games this uh, this uh, this day and age. So pretty sure they will be collector's items for, you know, card game players and Disney fans alike, most likely. Um, I'm not seeing a price here. But there's a price. It's probably going to be like 40, 40 50 bucks, uh, depending on what package or what you get. Next up, though. Deadpool drops a Midnight Suns DLC update in new mystical gear. So, um, Deadpool is also one of four DLC characters that are slated for the game's season pass. Uh, Venom, Morbius, and Storm are the other three heroes that will release in that order through 2023. Uh, so apparently, uh, January 19th, they're going to drop. Uh, more dead, Deadpool specific details. Hey, that's today. So, and Twitch. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so and matter fact, I got think, now that I think about it, and I think I might have actually seen uh, the article with it, but it doesn't matter. It's, it, by now, people who have seen it have seen it. Uh, okay. Deadpool looks like a gold and black colored pimp in this get up. Um, but regardless, I still have yet to play that game, and I'm pretty sure that's going to be soon uh, for me to do so. Look out for that. Marvel Snap Battle Mode. I hear it's actually good. That that's seeming snark aside. It actually looks pretty good. Anyway, Marvel Snap uh, Battle Mode release date is upon us or is coming at some point. And that date is uh, January 31st, 2023. So, what, in another week or so? Uh, probably another week. Yes, another week and a half. Yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, this is, you said, right? Huh? 23rd? No, uh, 31st. 31st, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So another week and a half. Um, and this is according to a post on the Marvel Snap website. Uh, the the mode arrives at the same time as, as the same time as a uh, as a series drop, which means that the various cars are going to move to a higher series to a lower one um, and make them more attainable to play. I hadn't played it in a minute, but it's good. Even Tim's playing, uh, was playing that for a minute, which uh, that's kind of surprised me. But basically what battle mode is, it will allow you to um, fight your friends uh, on a one more one to one basis, as opposed to the, uh, you know, you don't know who you're going to fight uh, um, when uh, when you get into a match. So that's cool. I know people have been looking forward to that and kind of sort of have I, but I haven't really played that much. So next up. Marvel Legends Fantastic Four Franklin and Valeria 2-pack has been revealed. The set of Franklin and Valeria Richards is uh, priced at $49.99. You can pre-order right now. It comes with some cool accessories and a Moloid Turg head in a stand. 
<laughs> not the other one. Um, well, no, because the other one wasn't Hague. Never mind. Um, um, I'm trying to remember that Molloy's name, but now I can't. So I pulled this one for, not necessarily for Agents Kid70's cake sake, but this is the, I normally would never use the site uh, that this article is coming from, but it is the only site that actually had uh, a news article about the, the figures. So there you go. Um, now, my question to Agent 70 is, will he consider these figures despite the fact that they are not the core Fantastic Four? I like the versions that they picked. Mm-hmm. You know, I like the, the darker, more modern uniform because, uh, you know, there are versions of the FF that are out there uh, with that uniform that I have. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool that it's a modern take on the FF. Um, I will say that um my in my head in my mind's eye both of them are younger than how they are depicted here and i think that's part of my struggle with the depiction of these characters but mm-hmm. this is what they're like now and i but, understand why they had to pick they chose this particular these particular versions of franklin and valeria right but for 49.99 they can be yours this coming may right so if you, if anyone is um is is into that, also the thing that trips me out is about this is that they're, they're showing I'm what I'm assuming to be the back of the box, the finalized back of the box. They got Franklin holding up a, a couple of beakers, and we I feel like we know that would not be Franklin at all. Exactly, I was about to say no. Those accessories go strictly with Val. Exactly, and she's already holding a um a, a tablet of some sort that mm-hmm. I'm sure she probably designed. Um, or her dad wanted to, uh, but Thor and doom battle for the time stream in Thor number 33, which is uh, coming this April from writer Torun Grunbeck and artist Nick Klein. Um, I know agent 70 has been keeping up with the Thor book. Um, uh, so this is, I guess, kind of a preview ahead of that. Right. I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is, uh, people taking up Kate's stories now that he's off the book. So right. we'll see where it goes. Right. And at this point, we trust uh, Tarun Grunbeck because she's, she's done some pretty neat stuff. So, yep. Um, apparently, there's also going to be an appearance of uh, Thor's lesser seen younger sister, Lausa, who I don't remember too much about it, but, you know, hey. That's the baby. Oh! From, um, from, um, Water, uh, not Water King, from from that, uh, yeah, 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 from that last uh, mm. event. Okay. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Wow, it's been a, that's been a minute for that, so. <laughs> but next up. Marvel Comics has revealed that Loki is getting a brand new miniseries this June from creators Dan Waters and Herman Peralta. Launching June 7th, the series will introduce a collection of ancient Norse weapons Loki crafted in his mischievous past. Okay. Uh, you know, obviously this is a primer for the Marvel Studios Disney Plus Loki season two set to start sometime this summer. Indeed. Dr. Strange, as we talked about earlier, come on, don't wig out on me now. Uh, Dr. Strange's next epic road, magical wife guy, according to this article. So we talked about earlier that, uh, Strange ended, um, Strange ended this week, um, 
And this article is about the next chapter, the new Doctor Strange book, which I think we've probably talked about, you know, in some brief strokes previously anyway, um, that is being written by Jed McKay. Uh, and the art is being done by Pasquale Ferry and colorist Matt Hollingsworth, which I don't remember if we mentioned that, but we probably did. Um, and is the series is going to focus on Stephen and Clea's marriage. And according to this article, plenty of magical superhero life shenanigans. So look out for that. Uh, March. Next up. Next up in, ex- in exclusive news, <laughs> broken by our very own at Tim Dog 98 on comicbook.com. As one era of Black Panther comics is ending, another is about to begin. So we have talked about uh, John Ridley eg- exiting his Black Panther run with issue number 15 in a few months in March. So uh, comicbook.com exclusively revealed that the new creative team on Black Panther is writer Eve L. Ewing and 2023 Marvel Stormbreaker artist Chris, Chris Allen. Black Panther is relaunching with a new number one later this year, and uh, even though the opening story arc is being kept under wraps, comicbook.com spoke with Eve L. Ewing via email to get her thoughts, and uh, a promotional image was released by Raza for the upcoming Black Panther series, which is on this website. Mm-hmm. And uh, good job at Tim Dog ninety eight. So I saw when Tim uh, posted about this on on Twitter, and I was like, okay, because he matter of fact, I think he said um, this is a kind of a paraphrase, but uh, this is one of the the first cool uh, exclusives that he got to do, right? Um, <clears throat> or one of the first cool announcements, uh, I guess that it, the, that he's announced that, that it was that he uh, was a. That was do so good on him for that. Um, plus, um, I have liked a lot of Eve L. Ewing's stuff so far. You know, I guess you'd say what we said last week about um, uh, Monica Rambeau, even though st- still liking that, you know, or at least the tone of Monica Rambeau um, from that last issue, but still liking the stuff. I am curious as to how her run of Black Panther going to be is going to be. That said, um, but yeah, check out this article. There's a there's a, the interview with uh, Evel Ewing with, by Tim uh, um, about uh, the book, or as much as you could say about the book uh, in this article. So if you are interested, check it out. Next up, uh, the world according to Grip, I guess that's his name. Key figure in the growth of the graphic novel retires. Uh, and that person is Calvin. Oh, I'm sorry. World, forget that first part because I guess that's the articles, the articles writers column name. So, but nevertheless, uh, Calvin Reed uh, re- retires as Publisher Weekly's um, uh, senior news editor. So apparently, from what I've seen, I, I don't think I've heard of this person uh, too often. So, but I know of Publishers Weekly. Uh, but it says here that the company announced on Friday that uh, Calvin Reed is retiring from his position uh, that he's had for 36 years, working his way up from assistant news editor um, 
from back in 1986, where he was been promoted a couple of times since then to senior news editor in 2005. And partially, I admit that I put this in here because it's notable because this is a person of color, specifically a black dude, and you don't really, I haven't seen too many uh, black people in uh, that capacity uh, in, in media or it's specifically in comics media. So this was interesting for me to find out about. Um, and it says here that it's difficult, according to this article, difficult to under overstate the impact that Calvin had on graphic novels. So apparently it says here that at a time when graphics or comics were looked still looked down on or dismissed as frivolous by many in the book business, he brought the best work in the medium to the fore, helping to give the graphic novel uh, legitimacy by endorsing it with the with the force of book publishing's most important uh, publication. Yeah, and Publishers Weekly is a is a big book for for uh, in, in in that uh, in that uh, place. So, but you can read a little bit more about Calvin Reed uh, in this article that is in the show notes, uh, uh, if you so choose to. Next up, in sad news, yeah, uh, Amazon announced its worldwide layoffs, and it appears that what is left of Comicsology um, took a significant hit, according to one former employee who was let go. Uh, he posted on Twitter that between 50 and 75% of the comicsology staff may have been uh, laid off. And that's a pretty hard number to absorb. Just listening to it. Forget, you know, dealing with real life. Right. Um, I saw, this is another thing I saw uh, originally on Twitter from, um, I guess, retweeted from someone uh, whose name is escaping me right now, but also a notable person in the comics industry. Um, the uh, And this person uh, who goes, well, this person who's recounting, uh, who had a basically a um, tweet thread recounting some things um, uh, coming from that, uh, that uh, cut, you should definitely check that out. It's... Um, it's a, uh, it's it's something to check out. Like you could tell this this person, you know, really cared about um, their job. As a matter of fact, this is pretty much what the tweet was about, and the fact that you know this person and other folks, a lot of other folks, folks have now lost their job uh, in in cuts. And I know uh, Microsoft on another side has also did some big slashing in a couple of areas, but um, that's outside of preview of this program. Um, on the same day, no doubt, <clears throat> excuse me, but, um, definitely you should uh, check this out and, uh, check out the tweet thread, uh, a couple of which is in the article. As a matter of fact, it looks like it's recounted, you know, in this article. So I guess you don't have to go to the, to the Twitter thing for it, but definitely check out this article, uh, in the show notes. It's, it's some real sad business that had happened. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would add very quickly. I got an email today because I use uh, my my Amazon uh, account is linked to uh, Amazon Smile, right? And they are concluding Amazon Smile at the end of February. What was Amazon Smile? Oh, that was the um, the, the charity, yeah, yeah to, to the contribute charity the charity, like every right. every uh, purchase. Much like uh, if you link on uh, CSPN.us. And 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 uh, use Amazon uh, through our link, right? 
so hopefully that doesn't affect us. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, the charity arm, Amazon no. Smile, is coming to a close. Right. No, I don't think that affects us any because I think that's specifically for like charity work stuff. So yeah, right. I think I, I remember seeing stuff on that. I was getting stuff on that also, which is also sad. Um, yep. Last thing I'll say about this, like, you know what? We we said, or at least I did, to say that whole Amazon buying comics all this thing was a bad thing. And we've seen where there have been issues with them owning Comixology. But now right. just the, the gutting of it just, just kind of puts a whole big light on it. Right. And, and what's difficult now is trying to figure out where do digital comics go from here because, right. you know, Marvel and DC are their own, you know, you know, they're the big two on the block, but what about everybody else? Right. And there there have been like smaller um 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 like programs and uh, uh apps and whatnot for this, but yeah, nothing the size of Comixology and Comixology is pretty much been good at. So leaving a lot of people being including myself kind of bummed out because Comixology used to be so good. You know, and it had his own site and had his own uh, app, and you know, reading was good. But ever since uh, Amazon broke, uh, Amazon, well, they did break them, but bought them. It just seems to be broken up and don't really care. Um, right. But there is, there is what it is. So the question you asked is a very, very valid one. At that. Uh, but last uh, but not least, um, the 2023 Eisen Award judges have been announced. Um, you'll you'll forgive me, or you don't. I don't really care, but it looks like it's a bunch of white people. No, no, <laughs> just saying. But um, the judges for the 2023 Eisner Awards have been announced. They're they're listed here, and I'm not going to go through all of them. But apparently, there's a panel that will convene later in the year to determine which comics that will be uh, nominated for the Eisner ballots in the 30 categories. Um, and the award ceremony to that will take place uh, during Seventh Day or Comic Con this July. Um, like I said, if you care about who the judges are, you can go through this article um, and, and check them out. I don't. This is like one of the first times I've actually seen an article on who the judges <laughs> are for that. So that's interesting in itself. But, to me. Right. So it was like when I saw this, I was like, huh, okay, interesting. But hey, there you go, folks. That is the news. And uh, can we get one more ad read? Ironically, our last ad read of the night is to help <laughs> keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page of CSPN.us. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. And with that, folks, we have come to the end of another episode of this year's show. Thank you each and every one of you for coming out, whether uh, during the recording, whether lurking during the recording or after the fact, uh, watching the audio or listening to the uh, watching the video or listening to the audio. I have been Roddy Katz. You can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. 
PC underscore dirt on Twitter, popculturenet on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, uh, and all the umbrella sites they're in, and probably on Spotify doing this music thing. Yes. And last but not least, one Tim D O G G nine H. That is one Tim Adams, uh, the 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 founder of the shenanigans and also a purveyor of good works in himself. But you can find him at again Tim D O G G nine H on Twitter. You can find him at uh, CB Caps on Twitter, which is the Comic Book Chronicles uh, Twitter account. You can also find him on the Click Nation on Twitter, which is T H E K L I Q N A T I O N, all one word. Uh, and theclicknation.com but you can also find him over at comicbook.com writing his face off speaking of face off I think I think I remember this last, I said, mentioned this last week but I probably didn't Nick Cage apparently had an idea for uh, a, a face off sequel and I, I'm not down with that <laughs> okay anywho um you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcaster Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast browser place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. I'm not sure. I thought Amazon did podcasts, but I'm not sure. Regardless, it doesn't matter. You can find us recording every Thursday night, 9.30ish p.m., uh, Eastern Standard Time on the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash The Click Nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Um, yeah, and that's it, folks. Um, we we mentioned uh, earlier in the show, but if you, you skip past that part, uh, which is still kind of early for February 16th is a movie protocol for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. We will definitely mention this again, uh, uh, going into that the week prior to that. Yes, because we are now less than a month away. Yeah. And we also have some, we got some extra stuff coming, um, um, uh, show wise and, and movie wise. So it's going to be, uh, an interesting few months. Yeah. Just wait till Ted Lasso starts folks. Well, okay. <laughs> ah, ah, that's what I wasn't talking about that, but sure, I know a lot of people like that, and I know. Oh, did you watch uh, the last? Uh, was it The Last of Us? No, I did not, because um, I never, I never played the game either. But I hear uh, good things. I heard good things about the show. So the show was pretty. The, sh- the show was pretty good. So right. I've never played the game myself, you know. So I, I don't have much uh, uh, background in the the story of the game, but the right. show was pretty well done. So I yeah, would I've recommend giving it a shot. Yeah, like I said, I've heard that from people who actually played the game. So, um, and it's not really I, I, what I know of the game. Not really my thing anyway. So I may, probably won't check it out. <laughs> but I'm not saying that the show would probably get as bad as as the the game did. But um, I don't know. It's it seems good from what people are saying. But but sure. uh, anime's coming. We still got anime. We got Trigun's uh, Stampede. We got Buddy Daddies. We got some. Um, well, Tag on Titans definitely coming. We got other stuff coming. Um, nevertheless, I'm rambling. This has been the Comfort Chronicles. Peace. Peace one. I love it when a plan comes together. 